Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer Podcast. I'm Bruce Singer, your host of the podcast, and also the CEO and founder of Canada CFOs, which provides uh, interim and fractional and part-time CFOs to companies uh, and organizations. And we're very passionate about the food industry. And that's why today I have one of the most amazing guests, uh, Dana McCauley. I'm going to tell you, welcome to the podcast, Dana. Thank you, Bruce. I'm going to tell you a bit about Dana. She is a career food person, uh, personally and also business-wise, in organizations, uh, leadership roles, and she will tell you her story. Some of the really cool stuff about her: uh, she's a cook. She's published cookbooks, has sold over two hundred thousand copies, uh, which which is unbelievable, which is awesome in in, ex- in a field that is very competitive. And congratulations on that. Uh, she's also the chief experience offer with the Canadian Food Innovation Network. We're going to talk about that. She's also a recipient of the Women's the Women's Executive Network, uh, most powerful women, one hundred most powerful women recipient. Uh, that's congratulations. She lives in the country. She's an ally. She's an avid book reader. Interesting. Her university degree is in English, so she's really. <laughs> Got in a really extensive career. Very, very exciting. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to learn so much today. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Dana, for coming on the show. Well, I'm excited to talk about the Canadian Food Innovation Network and to you know meet your your listeners. It's, this is a great opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dana. So we're going to get to some stuff, but you're, you mm-hmm. ha, tell, tell, tell us your story today. Yeah. But how did you get there? Like, I was curious. How did you? How did this evolve? How did this come about? And then the book cooking and the book cookbook. Really, I'm very curious. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a, it's it's interesting how life has a life of its own. You know, I obviously at 18 didn't envision myself with this role. The Stephen didn't exist, and um, it's interesting. I actually I really wanted to go to chef school right out of high school, yeah. but back in the day, I'm you know been a minute since uh, I was 18. Uh, college wasn't all that well regarded. And to be honest, my guidance counselor told me I was too smart to go to college. And uh, I went to university, got a degree in English literature, which I have to say is the very best thing that ever happened to me because it's such an amazing way to learn how to think and be analytical. And it set me up for a really cool career. So after that, I did a, you know, tech with everybody else's opinion. I did go to chef school. So I became a chef and uh, ended up um, working in some really great fine dining restaurants. And then I moved into food media. I was one of the first chefs to uh, be on staff at Canadian Living Magazine. And I loved recipe development and food writing. And wow, look at that. Found a way to combine both my my um my you know academic pursuits but uh you know the internet kind of was disrupting things and writing was uh was becoming more difficult so i um you know had to explore other avenues around the at the same time i i was able to start writing cookbooks again that was part of you know being in such a great training ground as, as Canadian living with food editor for a bunch of magazines 
And all that stuff got me on TV as Canada's food trend expert, where I uh, was on Canada AM pretty much monthly for many, many years and on breakfast television in Toronto on a regular basis. And all this media stuff got businesses sort of noticing that I had interesting insights and they started to approach me about doing work with them. Turned out that my other training had set me up to really understand what consumers wanted. So I started developing products and formed a business around that, eventually sold it to one of my employees and joined one of my customers as uh, as an employee and ended up becoming a, an executive in, in Canadian food companies. And that's, that's how that part of my career went. Wow. Had another phase where, yeah, I started applying what I'd learned in those roles to startups and uh, where that WXN Top 100 Award comes in is that through working at a place called Food Starter, which is now called uh, uh, District Ventures Kitchen, uh, I was able to, you know, help about 140 food companies launch 80 products in, in you know, a couple of years. So that was kind of a big deal. And lots of people were, were excited about it. And now here I am after, a, you know, a little stint at the University of Guelph, helping academics to learn how to turn their IP uh, and inventions into innovations. I'm, I'm here, you know, trying to have more impact and, and uh, help, help the food industry to be more competitive. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's that's unbelievable. The uh, how you help the startups and and yeah. uh, how you evolve. That, that's fabulous. So now you're at the. It's now the Canadian. It's called the Canadian Food Food Innovation Network. Correct. That's out of Guelph. It's out of Guelph. You know what? We don't, we don't, we're homeless in a way. We're, we're virtual. So we do have a mailing address and we're incorporated in Ontario, but none of us goes into the office. Our CEO is in Florenceville, New Brunswick. I'm here in Ontario, wow, but wow. I'm, I'm actually cool. not in Guelph. So yeah, we're all across. We are literally in every single time zone. We have somebody in New Brunswick, uh, sorry, in uh, New Zealand, and we've got a couple of people Amazing. in BC. Amazing. So yeah. you mentioned, you mentioned, you seem to have your pulse on the trends. <laughs> okay, what's going on? Yes. You see, that seems to be really that honed in when you talked about it, when you just talked mm-hmm. about your story. So tell what are the what are the hottest issues, hottest trends, the data? Yeah. Uh can you share? In your, your it's insight? such an exciting yeah. time yeah. to be in food innovation. So, you know, whereas I used to think mostly about consumer trends when I was uh, a journalist, now I'm thinking about the the big economic impacts. What are the opportunities? And at CFIN, we're most interested in that transformative type of, of technology and, and not so much the, you know, what's the flavor of the year. Yeah. kind of thing. And we're in this amazing golden age of food science. And I would say that, you know, what we can do with biotechnology is accelerating very quickly. And, and by that, I mean, being able to make things like chocolate, vanilla and coffee from just a few cells of those, uh, those ingredients, being able to make them right here in Canada, keeping two and a half billion dollars in our economy is 100% possible. That's what we spend on bringing those three ingredients into uh, into our pantries. And uh, there are ways now that we could make, you know, we could have instead of Madagascar vanilla, we could have Montreal vanilla. So that's pretty exciting. And, you know, the, the sort of the, the moonshot with that kind of technology is being able to make 
meat from a few, uh, you know, stem cells from an animal as opposed to having to actually, you know, have many, many animals on land and, you know, never hurting, uh, never, never hurting a, an animal ever again is, is quite possible. And when we think about how we have to feed, you know, we were just the other day, National Geographic said we had hit a population of 8 billion people on That's, earth. That is true. Yes. Yeah, and, I saw that on CP24 today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and in not that many years, we'll be at 10 billion. So when you think about the fact that we just don't have more land, you know, this opportunity is really exciting because it means we might actually be able to feed everybody good quality, high protein foods that we need to, to live with out necessarily um, having to 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 you know change everything completely or move to Mars with Elon Musk uh, and and that's fantastic <laughs> you know we yeah. instead of uh, building more farms we could just start using biotechnology to create more of these foods so we could have what we have traditionally and then some other ways to top up so that's one thing and then you know. Uh, I think we all know people now much more often who are living into their 90s and in some yeah. cases over 100 years of age. And that's fantastic, except, you know what, we our bodies aren't necessarily, um, we're kind of wearing them out, unfortunately. And a lot of people the last decade or so of their lives, and sometimes even longer, you know, it's kind of limited in what they can do, where they can go. And I think there's an amazing opportunity in nutrition science to work on that silver economy type of opportunity. Mm -hmm. It would be super profitable. And imagine if you could live to be 90, but still feel like you were 70, right? Yep. So I think that's a really interesting space that there's a lot of people doing a lot of work on things like the gut microbiome, so how to optimize uh, how our bodies absorb nutrition and, and that, you know, gut brain kind of connection. And then there's uh, all kinds of fantastic things happening in nutrition science where uh, people are figuring out how to isolate nanoparticles that they can get into our bloodstream very easily and that will, you know, keep our, you know, imagine if we could keep our bones strong and healthy and people weren't breaking their hips. Well, that's probably possible in the very near really? future with nutrition science improving, you know, by the day. So like things like arthritis, uh, is that like, like, yeah, there's probably a way to, I mean, I'm not, I'm a chef with a degree in English. Yeah, so but, but what you're saying is really interesting. Yeah, but what I understand is that, yeah, as having a better understanding of how nutrients are absorbed and deployed through our bodies. And if we're able to tailor our diets in a way, um, especially if we start early when when uh, uh, we're young, so that we have, yeah, wow. you know, better immune systems yeah, yeah, and yeah. stronger skeletons and, and really high functioning, you know, gut transit systems. Yeah, we can probably feel much better much longer well and it's in addition to like what you're saying is food security which mm -hmm. is a big issue food security with the yeah. quality of the food wow that's unbelievable so what do you see you see other things like like is there anything specific you mentioned earlier robotics i'm just curious yeah. other what are some of the other trends this is very interesting 
So we could talk about this for hours, by the way. <laughs> we could. I, oh, this I could. Anyhow. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, robotics is a, a, and and just deep tech, very interesting things, and that's an interesting. I love this convergence that's happening right now in food, where traditional food processors and retailers and food service companies are starting now to intersect with robotics companies and technology companies and and these super smart people are coming into these traditional industries and saying well what if and that's really interesting so for instance i spoke to the ceo of um aspire foods recently which just spent a hundred million dollars to build a plant in london ontario where mm-hmm. they grow and process crickets now, not everybody wants to eat insect protein. The good news is they have a customer base, you know, in, in Asia. But what was so cool is that Mohammed told me that because that plant is 100% roboticized and because of the uh, integrations they have in their technology, they are able to use data to optimize the way they produce so much more quickly. So, you know, mm. if you think about what used to take years of learning, they were able to do in months. So they've gotten to market now with an optimized product because of all of the technology that's embedded into their system much, much more quickly. So they're profitable so much earlier. So really, really interesting stuff. And you may also, so let's talk about the Canadian market. What, what's, have you done any research on the data? about the Canadian market. What, what's the Canadian, where are we going in Canada? So are you talking about what are consumers wanting or are you talking about where is business going? Where's where's the food industry headed? Like you said, there's mm-hmm. some data. Um, yeah. Is there any, like, what is the data, what is the data telling us that what we, what, I guess what we need to do in terms of, like, has it tied to the trends? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously people in business are, are you know, they, they, they want to, find opportunities that will give them, you know, profit. So definitely see a lot of people looking into that kind of thing. At CFIN, we have, like we've just talked about, at CFIN, we have this platform called Yodel, and it's where our 2,100 plus members can talk, can share reports, can do research, that kind of thing. And uh, when we pull word clouds from you know, from what's been happening. And right now, I think there's about 800 active threads on Yodel where people are talking about all kinds of stuff. Words that come up uh, just off the top of my mind that are, you know, really frequent are um, uh, algorithm. A lot of people wanting to know what can an algorithm do for me? Interestingly, you know, one of the best uh, um, explanations I've heard of algorithms was from our chief technology officer, Nestor Gomez. He has a video on Yodel talking about that. And really, turns out I'm an algorithm writer because a recipe is an algorithm. It's just whenever you put things together so that you get a certain outcome. And I was like, oh, look at me. You know, I'm a tech, I'm, I'm a techie. But, uh, but anyhow, so we see a lot of people very interested in understanding What's an algorithm? What is artificial intelligence? What's machine learning? How does it all work together? Because for industry to adopt this stuff, they have to be ready. Our our CEO, Joe Lake, has this fantastic phrase where he gets frustrated. He'll see a big company spend millions of dollars on some fantastic technology and only access like 
this much of its potential. And and he says, you know, it's like they bought a Ferrari and they're driving it in first gear. So so there's this 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 need to make sure that the people running companies have the sophistication and the understanding to even know what they might have in in their hands and what they should invest in. So that's an interesting thing right now because technology is moving so quickly. Business, of course, is always moving quickly. And now we have to have business leaders who have the bandwidth to also keep an eye on what's new. And I'm on a a group called the National Workforce, um, National Workforce Task Force. Anyways, uh, and uh, we're, we're talking about, you know, what does industry need? And, and really it has, everybody is sort of at a different, different stage. And it's, it's tough to talk to all one group all at the same level, because depending on someone's age, if they were um, born in the 90s and they're an early career person in, in the food business, uh, they're digital natives. So you know what? They grew up learning about coding yep. and this and that. Yep. If they're my age or your age, we're like, oh, yeah, coding, that's a bunch of ones and twos. And, and you know, we don't know what JavaScript is. We don't know what Azure is. And, and there's all these things that that uh, that we it's, need to it's learn. It's a pain point for people in my generation. It's a pain point. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. is it is. Yeah. So I didn't really answer your question, but what we're That's seeing okay. is that there's this real thirst for knowledge and a thirst for understanding because I think Canadian businesses know that there are lots of really great tools, et cetera, out there, but they also already know how to run their businesses in a traditional way. And, uh, and it's, it's so a lot of people looking for incremental change. How do I add one thing, learn from that, and then learn what the next thing is? So let's talk about, let's talk specifically about food and the Food Innovation Network. Mm -hmm. Um, What is the mission of the food? Like, how does the Food Innovation Network tie in? The tie in, what's the mission of food? Who benefits? How does one benefit? How does one link in? What is the, could you share that? Yeah, thanks for asking. So, you know, we, our mission is to build this, um, this community where we support innovation and we we transcend the boundaries of traditional food business. Like I just said, we make sure that we're we're getting these robust partnerships uh, developing, and and all of that is with this vision that we want to champion a collaborative food innovation culture in Canada because we think, and I truly believe this, that. Canada should not even try to compete on price. So that whole commodities, you know, you know, growers of wheat, you know, tillers of soil, that kind of stuff, that's very dated. And with the social safety net that I think all Canadians want to have in place long term, we need to be really innovative and doing cool things that the rest of the world wants. So it's our job that CFIN to help bring that kind of um of of business to fruition so that Canada can compete on things other than price globally and we can be leaders and we can have people from other parts of the world want to come here to work with our super smart food scientists and our super smart uh, um, you know technologists and and you know just make this the destination for where uh, good ideas come from. So would would the Canadian Food Innovation Network Again, I'm just curious if 
Mm-hmm. They, do they fund existing businesses we too? Do. That, is that yeah? Is it, is it funding? Is it knowledge? Is it support? Is it is it all, all the ecosystem? It. It's so, all of it. So we have sort of this circular model. So we have Yodel, which I mentioned, where yeah. on a daily basis we put out content that we think you know is inspiring and interesting. Then we start to see our members talk about that and talk to each other. And quite often, problem owners and solution owners will identify each other in that process and decide that they want to do a project together. So when they have ideas about what they would like to do, then we do have funds from the federal government that we can, uh, that we can open up. Uh, we do a lot of different funding calls. Some of them are thematic and some of them are open and we, we support these these projects that have these great partnerships. We've only been around uh, about a year and a half, so not a lot of things are finished, but we have a robotics company working with two of Canada's biggest food service companies right now to try and figure out how to automate, how to... Um, uh, the processes in fast food restaurants, as well as how to make 24-7 solutions for places like nursing homes, um, wow. company cafeterias, and airports, and that kind of stuff. Very interesting. So if somebody wants to, let's say someone listens to this podcast, I got an mm-hmm. idea. I don't have, is, that, is it that simple? Like, what's the best way for them to, yeah, to get into your... it is that your, simple. Is it that so, like, how do they get, how do they get into your... Your your uh, you go your, you your go system, to our website your yeah. life your life cycle your life yeah it literally takes two minutes you yeah. go to our website which is cfan rcia.ca rcia being the uh, yeah. um, uh, the acronym for the you know the French version of our site and uh, you hit become a member you put in your email and your wow. your name That's and your so title. Cool. And next thing you know, you're in Yodel, you're part of our world, and you get to learn all kinds of cool stuff and meet all kinds of cool people. You know, some people may have innovation and not even know, people don't know what they don't know, right? And not even know the potential of the innovation they have. That's 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 another, that's uh, very interesting. Well, that's particularly true of tech companies who don't always know that, you know, what they have created for one industry is transferable to another. Sometimes our regional innovation directors who are, you know, working across the country, they're able to say, oh, well, have you ever thought about, you know, how a food company would use that? Because I can see this use case. And uh, so we're often able to help people create new business lines for existing technology companies. Oh, this is, you know what, this has been it's so insightful. Uh, like, you it, it got me really interested when he's talking about how, how you can develop like, like, um, like a piece of meat from scratch from, from like not your <laughs> traditional, no, not traditional means. And that's a whole other, that's a whole other ball of wax. Like I've seen somebody, if I can just share, uh, doing, uh, he's doing now growing papaya and stuff that's true. All those fruits yeah. and vegetables that are only grown in, in, in certain warm climates, bananas and whatever he's, mm-hmm. he's actually producing Canadian developed papaya uh, I don't know. I can assume it's greenhouse. I have no idea. I, I just, yeah, I, I'm a consumer. I look at the output. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, there's probably a lot of technology going yeah. in there. Germplasm, which is developing the right kind of seed for the right yeah. kind of place. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's probably some contained agriculture stuff happening because of the, um, yeah, the, the sensitivity to cold. But it's, it's, it's amazing what you can do. 
it's unbelievable. Dana, thank you so much for being on You're the podcast. You're most welcome. Thank uh, you. I, it was wonderful, very insightful. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your story. And thank you also for making a difference because, uh, look, Canada, we're all in this together. We're all in this this food security. And uh, Canada is no yeah. different. I mean, there's just... And it's amazing how we can have this, you know, this multiple bottom lines. We can make money while reducing our energy use and while feeding more people and, and creating better quality jobs. So it, it's... Um, you can you can have it all. You just have to work at it. You have to work at it, and it does require leaders like you uh, that that make the, that do the change because that's you know, like the Elon Musks. <laughs> you know, like oh you no, know. don't compare. He's we went, we went to the He's same university, but yeah, no, I'm no He's Elon Musk. I, I like to think I um, I have a yeah. little bit more uh, more and a little more in touch with real people. I get it. I get it. I get it. Thank you so much, Dana. You're welcome. Everybody, have a wonderful day and take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.